So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 55 of the SFP podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Six Figure Photography and Style and Story Creative. Thank you so much for being here. If this is your first time, can I say welcome? Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. The entire purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business, plain and simple. Uh, I I find that showing up helps to do that, showing up for you guys, bringing in uh, other guests, interviewing other people who have gone before us, who are photographers, but also getting the chance to interview people who aren't necessarily photographers outside industry experts. That's what we're all about here. You guys, I have been thanking you left, right, and center over the last few episodes for the reviews that I've seen come in. I read every single review, and I'm not stopping today. I wanted to highlight one, and I wanted to invite you guys uh, to help in any way that you can. So to start, I'm going to highlight this review from Luke. He left this over on iTunes. He says, informative, challenging, and entertaining. There's no question that there's something here for all photographers. As someone who is not a photographer, but interested in pursuing video... I'll take it one step further. If you have a business where your success is predicated on the level of service you provide, you need to listen to this. Thank you so much, Luke. I appreciate that review and I would appreciate any more, you guys, because something really cool happens as this podcast grows and more reviews get out there. It means I get to attract bigger guests and bring you guys more information from from bigger people, bigger named uh, people in the industry. And I would love to be able to do that for you guys. And bonus, it makes me smile. So if you could, it would mean the world to me. You can do this. Uh, find out information on how to leave a review at sixfigurephotography.com backslash review, or if you're on your handy dandy iPhone, just open up the iTunes app and you can leave a review right there. All right, you guys, on today's episode, we've got Magnus, and I just want to leave his name right there at Magnus because it's so dope. Uh, Magnus is a Swedish photographer, and we're going to be talking about his growth, his journey uh, from hobby, from part-time hobby, doing landscape photography uh, into the wedding industry, and then out from that to software and all kinds of other cool stuff. And so without further ado, you guys... There's a lot to be learned. Let's talk to Magnus. Magnus, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for being here uh, all the way from... Where, where are you all the way from now? I live in Switzerland at the moment. Fantastic. How is Switzerland today? 
It is beautiful. For uh, the summer is here, so then it's uh, lovely to be here. It's a beautiful country in general, so good place yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I have not had uh, the fortune to spend any considerable amount of time in Switzerland. Let's say a photographer. Uh, they're traveling around the world. They mark Switzerland on the map and they head there. What, what do you recommend a photographer do? Where should they photograph? You know, tell us a little bit more about Switzerland. So uh, Switzerland is basically the Alps are here. So this is a must. You need to go up to the mountains. Uh, you need to hike there. There are some like amazing uh, landscape uh, all around Switzerland, especially in the central parts. Uh, but Switzerland is very, very small. So it has like actually... It's divided into three. So in the northern part, they have the German part, then they have the Italian and the French part, all within Switzerland. And if you cross Switzerland, it's like in three hours drive. So it's very small, wow. but a huge variety. It's amazing. So you're, mm -hmm. um, you're a wedding photographer there? I am a wedding photographer, yeah. So I'm originally from Sweden, but uh, yeah, I moved here to Switzerland. So not to confuse the countries because they <laughs> sound quite similar. I'm sorry. Um, yeah and uh so yeah i i uh, came here 2008 and i started uh, wedding photography here let's say seriously when i actually moved to switzerland nice i have all kinds of questions about some of the differences and i, and I want to get into those down the road so don't let me skip past that as we dive into this conversation but help us to understand um how you got started into business what was it magnus that made you decide yeah wedding photography that's what i want to do yeah i think it's quite a common path uh so uh, i started with photography I actually lived in colorado in the u.s at the time i got my first payment didn't know what to do with the money i bought a camera and uh, then i was always like interested in landscape um, mainly and uh, obviously like uh, over time uh, i got more and more involved to different kinds of photography but one day my cousin asked me hey do you mind taking my wedding photos and i was like no no i just like landscape i don't want people in the photos because uh, yeah i didn't want to i didn't know how to kind of interact with the people uh, when it came to photography um, but he convinced me and when i did it i thought oh, okay this was all quite fun uh, and then i was afraid to kind of ruin my hobby because it was a hobby for me and i said to myself okay i'm gonna everything i earn from any potential weddings i'm gonna just put that money straight back into to my photography so i started doing a couple of weddings and then basically i got paid a little bit and i went with the kind of earn just a few hundred dollars a wedding that's how i started and then my gear grew and then eventually i realized okay i can't keep just putting all the money in there um yeah let's take it more seriously and it happened to be when i moved a uh, country and i moved to switzerland and i decided okay now i i take it more seriously and i i set up a business and then i focused on it uh, more uh, in the beginning i was a, a, a kind of a swap or a 50 50 so i was working as a photographer but i also had a normal job uh, and then eventually i went over to a full-time wedding photographer and then over time actually i i, I like you <laughs> i got uh, children and switzerland is a is a very expensive place to live so i actually had to supplement my photography along with uh, let's say a normal job that i work part-time with so that's where I am today. Nice. When you were in that stage of 50-50, working a full-time job, building your business and trying to make that transition, I think this is a question and a, and a struggle that so many photographers 
uh, either are in now or will find themselves or even hope to find themselves in, right? Getting to the point where their business is um, building and and they want to go full-time. Uh, do you have any advice for a photographer who's who's in that state um, uh, of working both <laughs> equally um, to making that, essentially to turning the corner and, and going full-time? What would be your best advice if someone's trying to actually uh, turn that corner? So... Actually, I mean, the most common advice I always got was just take the leap, just do it. Uh, but actually, one of the great advantages of being in that situation is that you can build up the type of clients that you actually want. Uh, so what I mean is you can afford to say no. And and usually, um, and this obviously helps when you have uh, references later on. So <clears throat> in the beginning, I set kind of like a, my price and, and, and I worked really towards that. And then I, I saw that, okay, I only had a few clients maybe in the beginning but obviously the the word of mouth spread and I, I got more and more clients in that kind of bracket uh, that kind of clientele that I wanted so after a while when when I kind of grew and got more known in my area then uh, I was ready to take the leap so I think it's kind of important also not to take the leap too quickly but at one point when you feel like okay I'm almost there then you almost have to take the leap because you you kind of otherwise you end up in a comfort zone and sure. um, then uh, then it's good to kind of take the leap and then kind of fear or survival instinct will kick in and uh, and you will take that final step at least yeah, that's what happened absolutely. for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I totally agree. It's one of those things that I, you know, I, I definitely hesitate to give anyone the advice of just quit their day job and, and go all in, especially when there's a family involved when there's children involved. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be responsible for those things. But once you build something up to the point where you're essentially standing at the edge of the cliff and, and you've got everything, you've got the parachute, everything's ready to go. Um, it's scary. Uh, but I think it's also one of the best decisions that, you know, you can make when, when you were trying to build the business during that time and really, um, build up your traffic and, and getting leads in the door and, and having that sustainable income coming in. Um, and this may be getting into a little bit more about some of the differences between, you know, Europe and the United States, but I'm curious, what were some of the things that you really focused on? And, and even if you're going to say word of mouth, maybe that'll be it. I don't know. I'm curious how you really, um, fostered that, that word of mouth. Yeah. I, one of the big differences between Europe and the U S for example, is wedding planners. Uh, so, I mean, one of the advice we got, or I, I read a lot was like, okay, connect with wedding planners and they can help you and, you know, with vendors and stuff like this. So actually in, in Europe, there are, let's say it's, um, less common and it's kind of growing now. So I work with a few wedding planners. Um, but actually here it was more actually focusing on, on, other kind of vendors so yeah the florists the makeup artists and stuff like this and also uh, working um, between the photographers so I, I was networking with other photographers and this helped a lot i noticed this uh, that basically when i if i spoke to them via like a facebook group or stuff like this everyone was friendly and it was it was good but when we met in person Immediately afterwards, I got references from them saying, hey, you know what? I cannot do this wedding. Uh, do you want to take it? 
So have that personal connection with your colleagues and, and also giving it back. Uh, this is what uh, what I did. I started a Facebook group actually within this, for the Swiss wedding photographers. And now it's quite common. We just post, a, if we cannot do a wedding, we post it there. We collect a few photographers and then we, we pass it on, assuming the, we, we feel it's a fit. So that helped a lot, actually. Yeah, that's great. And I love that that's something that you actually took the initiative on. Here in Columbus, there certainly is a, like an already existing Columbus wedding referral uh, group on Facebook uh, that exists. But but if something like that isn't in your hometown, if you're if you know you're maybe in a smaller town, um, a smaller portion of the country, uh, or you're in your own country, whatever it may be, like you you can make that. You know what I mean? And and it's awesome to see how valuable that was for you. Um, so walk me through some of the hard times because I'm I'm always curious to to understand how people overcame failure because it sounds like what happened was you went full time, uh, you started your family, uh, things got a little tight, and and you picked back up. Uh, some part-time work mm. and I, my assumption would be that that was, um, maybe a little bit hard to swallow. Maybe it wasn't. Can you walk me through what was going on, uh, and how you kind of dealt with that? Um, even if it wasn't failure, but just the, the change aspect. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I'm quite fortunate. So in, in Switzerland, what they do is that, uh, um, obviously, if you are unemployed, you get a certain uh, compensation, and then if you if try to start your own business and you have, like I say, a small income, they actually pay you the difference uh, from what you would get if you were unemployed. So they allow you to grow as a as a uh, individual business. Uh, so this helped me a lot, of course, um, and. Um, so I did this for maybe one year and then finally I managed to kind of be on my own. Uh, and then after another year and a half, I had to go back to to do uh, uh, to take part time because my, my son was born and we, we had to move. So, um, um, yeah, that was tough. Um, but... Um, uh, that support I got from Swiss basically society was what uh, what helped me at the time. So I got away quite easily, I must say. Um, sure. So yeah, this is what helped me the most, basically. Yeah. So help me understand a little bit more of kind of the uh, the climate within Switzerland in regards to the photography industry as it relates to print. Um, I feel like here in the United States, uh, there's always, you know, the ebb and flow. Uh, and I think, uh, for the last, uh, maybe decade or so, we've been in a very, um, uh, digital, uh, heavy, uh, kind of stage of our industry coming, o- coming out of a very print heavy stage. Mm. Um, but now I feel like we're, we're moving back in this direction of, uh, making sure that our clients have something physical and real at the end um, through print, whether it be albums or, or wall art. Um, tell me about how important that is uh, to both two things. One is just the general photography industry in Switzerland and Europe, uh, but also for you and your studio. Yeah, I think uh, I think like like in the US, uh, it's kind of coming back again. Uh, the importance of having prints. Uh, I think people are realizing they're kind of overwhelmed with all this digital media that they have and they basically have it on their phone or stored on their hard drives but they actually never look back at it so the fact that uh, people are let's say printing in albums is definitely growing um, especially albums i would say uh, becoming more and more popular um, 
and I think also obviously as a photographer this is kind of my choice choice of uh, medium let's say because obviously we have the wall art or we have the albums or both um, but I think the biggest profit uh, as a photographer is usually in the album part uh, obviously you can set it up quite easily with, with all the online galleries that we have nowadays uh, one of the problems we have here in Europe is that a lot of the services that we use um, they are kind of based in the US and the printings, uh, the print the printers are also based in the US. So obviously in Europe, when we want to, to buy stuff, uh, you know, the shipping is, is uh, it's quite far and it can become expensive if you buy like bigger items. Of course, there are labs in Europe and there are some, but the bigger providers, they are not always integrated with them. So this is where we struggle a little bit. Nice. Um, yeah. Is, um, so uh, are you using Graphy as your main album lab? No, so I use a few different ones. So I use this one actually in Europe um, called uh, QT Albums, but I also use Kiss Albums in, in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, Red Tree Album I've also used. So I've kind of varied between the three of them depending on kind of what type of album I would like to have. All right, you guys, I, I got to uh, interrupt for a hot second here and just pause to thank uh, one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast, if that's okay. I want to give a big shout out to FreshBooks. So look, the internet has changed everything. You and I are walking examples of this. Like the fact that we are self-employed, uh, that we run our own business, you guys, is, is incredible. The ability to be more mobile, more autonomous, uh, more connected. Look, one in three Americans are self-employed. Uh, by 2020, that's probably gonna be like 40%. All that to be said though, the world was not built for self-employment. Like so many institutions, banks, retirements, um, employ like insurance, my gosh, insurance, accounting, um, it wasn't built for self-employment. And so thankfully there are other companies that are stepping up to the plate, right? They're stepping up to innovate and to provide a solution uh, for you and I, really, for freelancers, for small business owners. You guys, this is FreshBooks. FreshBooks has stepped up to the plate to fill this void, to provide this service for you guys. They've got an all new version. It's been completely redesigned from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way that you work. This is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, uh, and I guess most importantly, to, to get paid more quickly, right? It's not just uh, ridiculously easy to use. It has so many features um, for uh, for invoicing, like just to, to create a custom invoice in less than 30 seconds, uh, to get online payments out the door within just a couple of kit, uh, clicks, uh, get paid four days faster. And then a really cool feature too in regards to these invoices and sending this out is you get to track it. You get to monitor when your client has seen the invoice. Uh, and it just really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money coming in. You guys, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day full free trial to you guys, to the listeners of the SFP audiences. And as I say this, this is a full trial. There's no like limits to it. Uh, here's what you need to do to claim it. You need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography and then enter six figure photography, all caps, S-I-X for six, six figure photography. And the how did you hear about a section? I'll get links right down below for you guys. Okay, let's hop back into the interview. Incorporating print into your studios is a little bit of a challenge. Why did you start to do it? Well, actually, from two parts. As a, as a photographer, obviously, like the the fact that you can see it in print is like uh, it's the the final the final piece for me, at least. Uh, I think uh, 
it's just stopping in uh, just producing a photo and then having it stored somewhere in a hard drive for me it's kind of like i haven't finalized my work so this was one reason uh, and the second reason is financial uh, obviously you can uh, you can make money out of it and uh, so it's kind of a win-win in that situa- situation. So uh, and nowadays, since there are such there's so many tools uh, that allows you to do it quite easily. So you kind of set it up and you're good to go. And if you like, I mean, there are two options, right? Like you can use uh, I saw one of your videos before using Shootproof, for example. So I mean, they integrate it with a print. You barely have to think anything, right? You just upload the photos. They take care of everything else. Or alternatively, the way I do it is actually I print my photos myself uh, because I kind of uh, I like it and I like to see the, the end result and I can always fix it if I need to. It's a little bit more time consuming, of course, um, but also the, the profit is, can be higher because I can, I can take uh, uh, um, the difference for myself, basically. Okay, so pump the brakes. We got to talk about this for a minute. So uh, are you talking just wall art, standard prints, or are you talking also albums? No, so I'm talking mainly about standard prints. So uh, wall arts, the bigger ones, then uh, then I outsource it as well. Uh, and albums, of course, I use providers because that I cannot do myself. Sure. I was like, yeah. this is exciting. Uh, uh, but tell me more. What, what printer are you using? So I, I use the Epson printer, the, the P800. Um, so that's the, the one I use for, for my prints. And so I can do up to kind of A3. I can use the roll if I want, but I, I more do from small ones, uh, six times four to, to A3 prints. And anything above that, uh, I use actually a, a guy in Italy. So uh, uh, he does like Gisli prints. Um, and, then, um, and then for albums, I use basically those providers that I mentioned before. That's awesome. Mm. So has that become like a selling point uh, for your clients? The fact that you are hand producing these prints in studio. I'm sorry. I'm really intrigued by this. I'm like already thinking about the opportunities that you have from a marketing standpoint that as the artist, you're the one creating the, the finished product. Has that become part of your marketing material? It does help when I meet them in person. So obviously when, when I meet clients, I can, I can bring prints. Uh, but the fact that you say, you know, like I do it, I ensure that, you know, everything is uh, up to my like the standard that I uh, require uh, and also it feels I think it gives them kind of an experience so for me obviously like uh, giving experience to the customer is very important uh, especially for when it comes to prints and albums because let's say this is the last experience they have at least when it comes to wedding photography that they have with you to kind of finalize the whole purchase so from when they meet to to you deliver the prints or the the, um, the album and if you do it like customize if you do it by hand uh, they feel i guess it's more value for money than kind of oh i send it off somewhere and then it's sent to you mm-hmm. yeah that's really interesting um uh so the the paper that you're on so i, I want to keep talking about this i'm like so fascinated <laughs> with this is this something that you're like you're using like are, uh, is this paper maybe i just need to do some research into this printer but is this something that you're just using a standard luster paper on can it do things like um print on like a hanamula germing etching paper something that uh it has a more archival quality to it sure i mean you, you have there's loads of different types of uh paper you can have and obviously this is also something you it's in the marketing material right like you can explain to them it's archival and and uh, i i like also to frame my photos with uh um uh, what is it called now the 
Is it matting or? Yeah, it's matting. Yeah, which is a French word for it. But anyway, yeah. So it's some kind of matting around this, which is also archival, and just to educate them a little bit when you meet, uh, it kind of kind of impresses them a bit, impresses them a bit. And uh, but yeah, I mean there are there are a bunch of different types of papers that uh, you use that that you can use. Yeah. Magnus, I am going to hang up from this conversation as soon as we're done, and I'm going to look into buying a printer for our studio. <laughs> no, you I know, love this idea. It's really good. I saw I saw a video as well because it's also like, uh, and and I see it as obviously people uh, people can argue like, yeah, it's, it's cheaper if you send it out potentially. But the thing is, for me, it's also like a learning thing as a photographer um, because a lot of people kind of okay, I post process my photo. And then I deliver it digitally and they feel like, okay, I'm done. But the fact is when you print the photo, you realize it doesn't look exactly the same as you did in the, in the, with the, you see on the screen. And then you actually start thinking differently when you post process your photos. This is what happened to me because, you know, you're looking at the blacks, you're looking at the whites to say, okay, do I, do I actually use the entire range of colors here or am I in on the screen? It looks great. But when you actually see it on print, it doesn't look that great. So it changes the way you post process. It changes the way potentially how you take photographs as well. Because, you know, nowadays, for example, the, the, there's always trends in fo wedding photography, right? And nowadays, I think at least the trend is kind of like dark and edgy. And it's easy if you were to take one of those photos and print it, it might be way too dark, especially when it comes to print. <laughs> thought right? about that a lot lately, actually. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually educational as well. So this is part of why I'm doing it. Uh, I mean, I haven't done it for very long. So for me, I'm quite relatively new to it as well. But as soon as I started, I realized, okay, I'm thinking a little bit differently. And for me, that's educational and that makes me a better photographer. So I definitely think it's good to print. Yeah. Do you ever get involved with like uh, the WPPI the print competition at all? No, I haven't yet tried that. Um, I, I, I bought printer recently. So, um, and, but this is something that interests me more and more to, to be able to do bigger prints and to, to really learn the, the art of it because it is different from, from sending it away and then just getting it back. Um, so not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Neither have I. Um, but I, all this conversation really has me intrigued. So you don't print cool. No, no. So we, we absolutely print, but I don't print. I don't have my own printer. Oh, okay. Um, but I, we are very, very heavy print studio. Um, we print through Miller's, uh, and, um, and I love it. Uh, and as far as printing, you know, I do have, it's fun at my home. We have this little tiny, um, oh man, what is it? It's like a Canon, uh, mm -hmm. selfie, I think is what it's called. And it just does little four by sixes that you can print right, um, right from your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that, but it's just these little janky four by sixes. I even love, you know, all around the office, we have a ton of those little Fuji Instax Polaroid cameras. Um, and so even just seeing those prints everywhere and then obviously prints on the wall, left, right, and center, but we don't actually have a professional printer uh, in studio that we could actually turn around and offer somebody something um from our own hand, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, which is very intriguing. So, uh, do you have any resources on how you began to become interested with this and, and even be begun to learn more about, uh, the process behind printing your own work? I mean, actually I, I saw a video on uh, F stoppers, uh, why we should print. And, uh, this is kind of, and then I basically dived into YouTube. Uh, and, uh, I also have a few, uh, colleagues that are that kind of have the previous version of the Epson and they they print themselves so basically having discussions in 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 with fellow photographers and online this is what uh, 
where I got all my information from. And and it's like uh, uh, when you start, you realize like like anything, right? When you even get into albums, you think, oh, an album is quite easy, right? I mean, it's some books, something. But then you realize, okay, different pages, the different thickness, the different type, and and you realize it's a bit of a jungle out there. And and it's the same with uh, with printers. But yeah. uh, there are some great tutorials online that uh, that you can follow. Lovely. Yeah, I can only imagine. Let's transition and talk about albums for a little bit because you talked about how you prioritize albums with uh, with your wedding work. Um, what I mean, as we talk about albums and we and we talk about making sure our clients have this kind of stuff, undoubtedly the conversation of sales comes up and, and how you actually go about the process. What have been some of the biggest struggles with um, with selling albums to clients? So my biggest struggle is uh, or was um, the, the actually the feedback so so uh, when i sent out an album design to my client it actually took a long time to get some feedback back and and this kind of uh, dragged out the whole process and it actually made the clients let's say less interested uh, over time so when i did a, let's say i did a wedding i created a, a design uh, and then they uh, they took like oh one month or six weeks just to give me the first feedback and then i had to update it go back to them again and it took maybe another month and uh, this kind of like put them off over time and and when you try to kind of upsell them or something like this they kind of like have gone on with their lives let's say maybe they're even expecting a baby and it's not so cool to have a you know a cool uh, wedding album for some reason so this was my biggest struggle um, initially, and um, and this is uh, why I actually started this other um, why I started Album Parrot because uh, um, because of this issue. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I think one of the biggest things is just information overload. You you send over your client, you know, even if it's only 500 pictures, uh, which is probably on the the middle to low end for delivering on a wedding uh, in 2017. But certainly, you start delivering 700, a thousand images or more, and the client has to choose what goes in. It just becomes. Uh, just paralysis from the whole process. And so what kind of process then I'm, I'm, I want to get into hearing more about how album parrot fits in, but what are you doing then to help with that process? Are you, are you mean, are you designing ahead of time? Are you choosing the images on their behalf and, and how do you deal with some of the potential pushback that you might hear from that? What are you doing to solve that problem alone? So, I mean, my pro so I learned there are basically two main processes uh, for for the photographers, uh, wedding photographers. Some people collect the input from uh, from the clients first, saying, okay, what photos do you like, and based on that, they create uh, an album. Uh, or, or the other process is the people uh, create the first draft themselves and then send it to to the client. I am the the latter one, so I actually create the the first design myself um, for for a few reasons. Um, one is that, um, again, this is to kind of make a bit more money, is that I, in all my packages, I always include uh, a certain amount of spreads. So I have 10 spreads included. And then I always say, okay, if you want more spreads, that comes with an extra cost. Um, and then I always make it very clear when I always meet them. Uh, then I say, I'm going to actually design more than 10 spreads. I design the whole day. I design everything from details to family photos to, to the party. And then you can choose to narrow it down so you can shape it the way you want. And that always usually leads to a few extra spreads um, that, uh, that was included in the original package. So there I make a bit of money. Um, yeah, so this is the, my initial process. 
Um, my struggle was there that uh, that I kind of overloaded them. Uh, like you said, I mean, I sent a gallery of saying, okay, here is uh, your gallery of 600 photos and here is your album. Uh, please come back with feedback if you like me, if you like to remove any photo, if you like to add any photo. Uh, and this kind of overwhelmed them. Um, I know people who does the second process, they, they, they ask for input first and then design the album. Uh, they still overwhelm the clients. They don't think they might do, but they, they'll do it anyway because what will happen is that you're going to get a design from the photographer and they still want to compare, oh, maybe I want this photo instead of that photo. So they end up comparing photos, right? And so the, again, is an overload, for which I thought for the client that they had to kind of jump between the gallery and jump between uh, and the album design. Uh, sure. Yeah. I think too, uh, to this point, when you design ahead of time, uh, and this is actually to a very similar point of why you're printing your own work as well. You position yourself as the expert. You position yourself as the, as essentially a custom design, custom designer for them working on their behalf. Uh, and, and that in itself, uh, is, is a service for them, right? Um, because although these are uh, their memories and their photographs, the way that they're composed and the and the composition that goes uh, into this whole thing. I mean, honestly, I've I've had a client design a spread and it was like, oh my god, can we fit thirty more pictures in there? <laughs> like I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this could continually position yourself as the expert, um, and I think there's great value when you do that, especially when you do it from beginning to end, just like what you're doing uh, with your own printing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think another big value is that that you as a photographer, like you can choose to tell a story uh, with the album. Because sometimes you look at an individual photo and you think, ah, this photo is not that great. But actually, when you combine it with two, three other photos and you see it in one spread, it tells a bit of a story. So I think uh, a client won't be able to see that. They will not be able to say, oh, this photo, yeah, include it. I, I like it. So it gives you, as a, uh, as a photographer, the chance to tell the story that you want to, to, to tell. And uh, obviously, if they don't like it, they can always remove it afterwards. But at least, you, you know, you expressed your creativity. You have a story in your mind. Even when I photograph during the wedding, I keep this in mind. So I'm thinking like, okay, this could be like, uh, uh, usually there's always small events. Let's say they go and play some pool together. Then I want to tell a story. So I, I say, okay, I take a picture of them playing, maybe some detailed photos of the pool table and the ball and stuff like this. Obviously, the client will never choose a picture of uh, the pool table itself. But if you put it in a, in a big spread overall, it kind of makes sense. And they go, ah, oh, yeah, it tells the story. So this is also why I do it. Yeah, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. So now you're not doing this in person, however. I I am a huge so we we do a very similar process, but we're doing this actually live with our clients, sitting down with them and actually kind of walking through uh the process and doing a live design session in front of them. So as cool. as we have a pre-design, we now sit down and and using some certain software that has the ability to to work really fast, we can make those changes live on the spot. You're going about this through uh, through Album Parrot, correct? I use Album Parrot. I mean, you can use any online proofing that uh, that is, that's used. Uh, so there's Album Exposure. I know Smart Album. They also have one. Uh, but I use Album Parrot. Or, I mean, I founded Album Parrot, so that's why I use it. <laughs> of course, of course, that makes sense. So I, I have a question, though. How come, why do you choose to go online versus in person? Because candidly, I think your sales would be much higher uh, and the service, I think, would be better 
if you did in person. But that's, a, again, from a, a U.S. standpoint, uh, understanding my local market. So tell me more about what makes you decide uh, to, do, to go with the digital proofing. Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, what you mentioned there before that U.S.-Europe thing. Uh, I think we are at least where I work in Switzerland, it's much more spread out. It's it is a small country, but uh, uh, some of my clients are two hours away, uh, one hour away, and just to find the time to say, "Hey guys, please come to to my place and we can go through it," they would be quite reluctant to do it. Um, this is just the kind of the culture, the way it is at the moment, uh, and all. I also work quite a lot with international clients. I sometimes go to Italy, I go to Sweden, go to Greece, and then it's impossible because then you have to take a flight more or less. So um, this is why I do it digitally. And also kind of... Maybe this is a European thing. I mean, it's very hard to generalize, but uh, it's it's this the sale process of sitting next to someone and saying, okay, do you like this? No, I don't like this. Uh, I think they're a little bit more shy. So uh, they're kind of like, oh, I want to do it on my own and to, to just give you written feedback. It's a little bit easier. So uh, yeah. I think this is, uh, oh, this is why I use it actually, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, to, to the point of um, remote, uh, one of the things that we've used to solve that problem, uh, just if someone's listening and they're having that same issue where they want to be doing some in-person stuff, we use um, uh, a software. It is called TeamViewer. This is free. It's just a, essentially a screen sharing software that allows us to share our screen with our clients because mm-hmm. we do a lot of destination. We do a lot of remote. And mm-hmm. so that's simply by just keeping someone on the phone and, and walking them through the process, doing a screen share of, even if you're going to use album parrot to actually walk them through it with them mm-hmm. and discuss things that they like and don't like and changes that they'd like to make, um, in a, in a live design session, even though it's not directly in person, uh, to still do yeah. it in person, so to speak with FaceTime or Skype or, or a screen sharing software has been Probably. really successful for us. It's, it's not as successful as having them in the same room, but, um, it still has been a great kind of solution to cross that, that barrier. Sounds like a good compromise too, actually, because then they kind of have the, the screen as a barrier and they kind of feel uh, more comfortable, let's say, to be able sure. to say no or stuff like this. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Approach, and you actually, could yeah. still you could still use something like Alvin Perry or whatever to, to proof and, mm. and kind of view. So then what's the main goal that, that I'm, I'm not super familiar with Alvin Perry. No. What is the main kind of goal uh, and takeaway with Alvin Perry that separates it from others? How is a client using it? And what's the feedback that you receive? How does it simplify the process? So what I mentioned before is basically the time it took uh, that for them to give me feedback. And I, I contacted my clients and I asked them saying, Hey, why, why is it taking such a long time? And they told me that, basically it was <clears throat> it was quite difficult for them to kind of jump between the gallery that they they were given and also the the album design that they had because they said oh it's a we really need to sit down we need to open two windows or can, we can jump between them but and then have to copy the file names and so on so they said it was time uh, time consuming uh, so what we did is we integrated basically the album proofing with the online galleries so we are integrated for example with shoot proof cloud spot smug mug pixie set and so on so basically what you do is like you upload your uh, design and then you link it to your gallery uh, if it's on shoot proof or wherever and then the gallery will appear underneath the uh, the design so uh, when they go through it, they can also go through the gallery just underneath it. And then if they want to leave a comment, they can just drag and drop the photo. And they say, please use this photo instead. And you as a photographer, when you get the feedback, you will, get, you will see this and you get the file name from your, from your um, 
gallery as well. So uh, this simplified it to make it uh, much quicker, basically. And this is our main thing, that we basically integrate online galleries with the album proofing. That's awesome. How has making um, sure that your clients have these albums and even the process being a little bit more simplified, how has that helped your business? Say again? Uh, the process of making sure that clients, A, have albums, yep. but B, also um, go through a, an experience and a process that is, uh, well, it's clean, it's beneficial for them. How has that helped grow your business? Well, it helps in terms of uh, that actually uh, that we two things. One is that I managed to close the delivery quicker, uh, and also I keep their interest higher. So uh, um, because before it took a long time for them to obviously to 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 go through this process, and now as it's it's shorter, it's easier. They kind of have a higher interest, and that means actually I have more sales. So they kind of tend to, to they tend to be more involved in the process, and therefore they kind of tend to buy more spreads and also uh, be more excited about the album. So I kind of give them a. Uh, like I mentioned before, like a good last experience. So they feel like, okay, this was easy, this was quick, uh, and now I, I have my album. So they finish on a good note, basically, which is important. Yeah, I think it's far better than just like emailing them the Pixie Set link <laughs> or the Shoe Proof link and be like, here you go. It's yeah. been great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously the ultimate way is the way you do it in terms of do it in, in person. This is the best if you can do it. So if you as a photographer have the time to do it uh, and and can uh, or you have the clients that are willing to do it, I think this is the best. Uh, but like with anything, if you need to make a compromise, I think it's important that the we make it easy for the customer because this is also something I noted when I spoke to a lot of photographers. They said, oh, I have my workflow, I have my gallery, I have um, my proof and I just send it over and I let the client kind of uh, come back to me. But it's kind of making it easy for yourself but not so easy for the for your customer. And I think it's important to focus on the customer experience and, and make it easy for them because this will, in the end, benefit you. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, I, I love the attitude that you have about it. I think there's a lot of photographers that you're right. They're um, it's not a black and white thing, you know. They they're done with shoot and burn, um, but maybe they're not quite at the place where they have the uh, honestly even just the simple like the time, uh, the the mental capacity to sit down and create that space to meet with every single person in person. And uh, it's a great um, solution for someone who's trying to solve that problem and they don't want to just uh, keep emailing out uh, a shoot proof gallery. So, um, I love how you're solving that for everyone. Um, Magnus, where can people find out more about you online? Where can they find out more about album parrot? So album parrot, you can find on albumparrot.com. And, uh, about me is uh, magnusbogutski.com. So my last name is a bit weird. So it's B O G U C K I.com. So, uh, um, yeah, that's where you find my photography stuff and album parrot you find, uh, on that website. Nice. Bogutski. I got Bogutski. it. Bogutski. Yeah, you nailed it I this time. It. There, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Earlier good. before we started recording this episode, I was really struggling, you guys, with Bogutski. Uh, but I got it now, Magnus. I got Perfect. it. Magnus, thank you so much for being here, for taking time all the way from Switzerland uh, to hop on and chat about some of the things that you're up to, some of your processes and workflows, how you're solving problems for, for your clients and the photographers. It's exciting to hear. I'm going to go buy a printer now. Um, it, <laughs> but I, it was I an expensive chat, time. huh? <laughs> it was a ex very expensive chat, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, man. All right. Thank you. Take care. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to Magnus and I. You guys, I want to keep this outro short and sweet. I would love if your and my dialogue, your and my conversation didn't end here on the podcast. I'd love to see you over at the Six Figure Photography Facebook page where I make live videos quite often. Please say hi. Let me know if you're watching. Ask questions, leave comments, thumbs up hearts, but start by heading to the Facebook uh, Six Figure Photography and, uh, and give us a like. Receive those notifications because I go live all the time there. You'll see over 200 episodes of me uh, just kind of brain dumping ideas, thoughts, and more information out for you guys on what we're up to. Thank you so much. We'll see you on episode 56 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast.